everyone. How are all of you doing today? I hope you guys are doing really, really well. I'm doing pretty good. Great weather today, nice and rainy and windy. Our gutters on our house are overflowing and just cascading down our windows. Does that happen anywhere else? Or is that just kind of like a Washington thing where your gutters overflow? I always really like it. Makes a lot, a lot of noise. I'm sorry, you might actually be hearing it right now. It's pretty, uh, pretty rainy outside. So, welcome to another episode of Sincerely the Armstrongs, a show where my wife Alyssa and I speak with you about the things on our hearts. We love to approach life with a holistic mindset where we believe that everything kind of affects everything. Um, that includes you know, the foods you eat, uh, how you take care of your body, are you feeling anxious, depressed, what kind of lotion are you putting on your body, what kind of shampoo are you using, are you reading your Bible, are you reading books, are you staying in community, all those things kind of affect everything else to be honest, all the different moving parts of your life need to be working together. When, when one thing breaks, everything else suffers too, remember that. So. Speaking of my wife, Alyssa, it is just me today. Um, why is that? Because you don't have to do everything together when you're married, believe it or not. <laughs> I think if she was here, we probably would agree that sometimes it feels like you do everything together. Yeah, but you know what, you don't have to. And actually the topic that I would like to speak with all of you about today uh, is something that I just kind of feel like is something that I should be talking about on my own. Um, and that is uh, my experience with uh, anxiety and just all the different things that I've learned about it, um, how it kind of came about for me, the ways I dealt with it, the ways I didn't deal with it, um, things I wish I knew back then. And uh, I'm even going to talk about some techniques and how to kind of get through an anxiety attack or even just a moment where you're feeling anxious. Um yeah, so let's, let's just dive in. Let's get to it. So let's kind of start by just kind of defining what, what anxiety really is. Um, I like to think of anxiety as uh, unnamed worry, or as uh, a friend of mine once put it for me, unnamed stress. Yeah, if you think about it, stress and anxiety, they kind of feel the same. But a difference is that stress, you know what you're stressed about, right? Maybe you're stressed about a test you have tomorrow or a job interview you have. Maybe you're stressed about your health or someone else's health. You know what that is, right? But anxiety, it can feel like uh, the same symptoms of stress, but you don't know why. You don't know why you're feeling anxious. You just, your heart rate is beating really fast. You know, maybe uh, your, your palms are getting clammy and sweaty. Um, maybe your stomach starts to hurt. Um, those are just a few of the many symptoms of anxiety and you, you, most of the time you don't know what it is and that's kind of the point is that uh, anxiety can really be drawn from a subconscious source. Um, the power of our subconscious mind is so, so powerful, way more powerful than I think we, we typically acknowledge it to be. Um, there can be something, a deep-seated worry in the back of your mind that you're not really thinking about but your subconscious is, and so you start to feel just this, uh, this anxiousness, so you don't know what it is, and then you get even more mad, and just a snowball effect of, of anger and, and 
rapid heartbeat and maybe your breathing even gets gets difficult and it gets heavy and you don't know what to do. Those ones suck. That's called an anxiety attack and they are real. So I wanted to kind of dive into uh, my own story with anxiety, uh, just kind of my experiences with it. Um, I don't feel like anxiety was a huge issue for me growing up as a kid. Um, I've always been kind of a, a fidgeter. I like to fidget with things. I'm also a, just a, a chronic nail biter. I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry if you've been around me when I've bit my nails. I promise it's not intentional. Uh, my parents always told me that was because I thought I was nervous about something. But, you know, I just was never able to figure out what it was I was nervous about. Maybe it was anxiety. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anxiety really took a fat leap into my life, just all of a sudden, um, during my junior year of college. So this was, uh, I think I was 23 at the time, I'm 25 now, um, uh, without really going too far into this other story, um, it happened when uh, my wife Alyssa and I were uh, broken up. We, we dated for a few months. Uh, and then we, we broke up for about two years, and then we got back together and got engaged and got married. Um, but that two-year period is still to this day something that I consider to be probably the most difficult time of my life. Oddly enough, actually, I have more positive um, and good uh, things to say about that time than I do bad things. But something that happened to me was I developed a very detrimental, overpowering uh, anxiety. And the way that it manifested in my life was, the biggest way was I didn't sleep at all. Um, I, this is when I was living in the dorm rooms of my college on campus. And um, I legit did not sleep. I would lay there in bed and my heart would just be pounding out of my chest. My my feet and my palms were sweaty. Um, I could not get my my body just to relax. I felt like I was exhausting every single resource I could think of. I was talking with mentors. I was praying about it constantly. Um, you know, doing the million things uh, to prepare yourself for bed that people recommend you do. You know, staying off of electronics for two hours beforehand. Uh, going to the gym earlier in the day rather than later at night, making sure I'm not eating too late at night, you know, keeping my eyes from the blue light that comes off of a TV screen or a computer screen or a phone screen or something like that. Um, you know, I would do breathing exercises. I would uh, listen to and watch ASMR videos. Yo, yo, shout out to ASMR. Um, and it just, I felt like nothing worked. Nothing worked. Um... Most most nights, I didn't sleep a single hour. I would lay there in bed the entire night and then would get up for class the next morning. Um, every once in a while, and by every once in a while, I really do mean maybe one night a week, I would sleep for maybe an hour or two. But beyond that, I did not sleep at all. And what that created in my day-to-day -day life were just uh, crazy, unbalanced uh, chemicals in my, in my brain and the rest of my body. Um, uh, it made my moods extremely difficult to predict or to even uh, take control of. I felt like I was a slave to my emotions. I was just 
angry and moody, um, just constantly just negative about everything. Um, some other ways that my anxiety kind of manifested would be uh, my heart rate, like I mentioned before. Um, and then also, like I said before, my, my hands would get sweaty and like, you know, when you're having a moment of anxiety, you feel it. Like it, it hurts. It's really uncomfortable. And that's because, uh, stress is flooding your body and you feel it and it just acts as like a poison to your organs and it's, it's terrible. Um, to jump forward into the future a little bit, I, I do have a autoimmune disorder, um, now that I was diagnosed with. Uh, actually almost exactly a year ago, uh, just maybe a few days over a year ago. And the reason why I bring that up is because one of the, the traits of an autoimmune disease is that they don't know exactly what it is that causes them, but there is a lot of speculation that something that can trigger an autoimmune disease are traumatic experiences, where in that experience your body was overexposed to stress that was not regulated. Point being... Anxiety can have a huge effect on your body, and it sucks. I remember I would sit in class, and my heart would just be just beating out of my chest, and I swear I was just getting ready for it to turn into a heart attack. I had to go to the hospital. It was, it was terrible. It was physically painful, and it was it was frankly quite irritating. You know that I couldn't just sit through just one class without having kind of a, a minor anxiety attack. It, it was it was annoying. There are a whole bunch of things that were happening to me back then that probably were causing this anxiety. Things that I didn't realize were affecting me so uh, deeply until after the fact. Um, you know, one of those things was that, you know, there was this girl that I was in love with that I wasn't able to be with. And every time I'd walk out of my door, I wondered if I was going to run into her. This was also the, uh, the, the, the year in my, in my college career where I really developed a hurt towards the, the school that I was attending. I was really angry about a lot of things that they were doing. Um, a part of me was really uh, pissed off, frankly, at the fact that I was a college student, being the age that I was and was stuck at this school in a, in a state that I didn't want to be in. Um, I missed home. I missed all my friends. And so all of these things just kind of came together in this petri dish of negativity, um, you know, sadness, moodiness. Um, I just was angry and it just developed this, this anxiety, like something was always wrong, something was going to go wrong. And I wasn't able to figure it out. There were a number of things that I felt like kind of helped me a little bit through those hard days. Um, I don't believe any of these things were uh, fixing it. Um, they, they didn't get rid of the problem, but they did help. Um, and the reason I should is because I would have given anything for someone to have told me this back then. Um, melatonin. Oh my gosh. Why didn't anyone tell me about melatonin when I wasn't sleeping for months at a time? You can find melatonin on Amazon. It is a uh, organic, completely natural, almost like a little vitamin that you take. 
Um, and there's different forms that you can take it in, but this is how I do it. Um, and what it does is basically it tells your body it's time for bed, uh, it puts you to sleep, and it helps you stay asleep, and it kind of helps you create a regular uh, sleep cycle. And I did not discover melatonin until a year after this problem. It was the very, very next year when I came back to school for my senior year um, that I discovered melatonin and was finally able to sleep. And I still use it today, but I use it in much, 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 much smaller doses um, uh, to allow my body to create natural melatonin. Um, yeah, so anyways, so that's one. Melatonin, help you sleep. If you're not sleeping, take melatonin. It's better for you than not sleeping. Uh, two, I was in the gym constantly. I felt like the gym was a place where I could let out anger. I could let out emotions. I could really uh, think and kind of uh, gather my thoughts. But a word of caution. When you're in the gym... You may be taking care of your body, but you might not be taking care of your heart or your mind. And I say that because there were a lot of times where I was in the gym and I was, and I was working out, I was sweating, my body was getting healthy, but my heart was saying and feeling a lot of dark things. My, my mind was thinking a lot of dark things. And so I just urge you to kind of watch yourself. Um, put on some some music that is maybe going to cultivate positivity in your head and in your heart and take control of your thoughts be the master of your own thoughts don't let your thoughts be the master over you and just watch yourself a third thing that really helped me was having a group of friends people that could take my mind off of things people that I could talk to that I could really um, have deep, deep conversations with and that I knew really wanted the best for me and that they would do anything for me. Um, I can't tell you how helpful and needed it was when my friends come in and go, hey, Evan, we're going to go get some food. You want to come? It's like, oh my gosh, yes, please get me out of this place. And you go and you laugh and you have fun, and you joke around, and you kind of forget about things for a little bit. So, so necessary. A good, good community. A fourth thing that I did not have until um, a year later that I wish I had earlier was counseling. I believe counseling needs to be acknowledged right now as being something that everyone should be in all the time. And by that I mean that we, we need to stop labeling therapy as something that you go to only when something has gone wrong. Maintaining your mental health, maintaining your heart, your emotional stability needs to be something that we are doing all the time, not just when something has gone wrong. So something that you'll hear therapists say a lot is that you should be in counseling all the time. Maybe you're not going every single day, but maybe you're going once a week or once every two weeks just to maintain yourself. In therapy, I was able to um, really vent about things I couldn't vent about to anyone else. I knew that I was in a safe place where anything that I said was not only accepted, but was kept under the most strict secrecy. I knew that I wasn't judged. You know, I knew that my therapist wasn't going to come at me with, with uh, retaliation or judgment or hurt. I could have yelled at her and she'd be like, okay. How do you feel about that? You know, like 
another major plus to going to therapy is that they can give you tools to help you manage your anxiety and help you get through an anxiety attack. And that brings me to my next story, and that is my senior year of college. So this was um, just a year ago, actually. I'm in counseling, and at this point, I've been talking to my therapist for weeks and weeks and weeks about just the different things I was struggling with, the different moments of anxiety that I was having, why I thought I was having anxiety, the things I was doing about it. And she goes, Evan, I believe you suffer from GAD. What's GAD? GAD stands for Generalized Anxiety Disorder. I want to stop here for a second. Notice that I said I suffer from GAD. I did not say I have GAD, and that's important. That is not just simply a rephrasing. That is choosing to pick a specific mindset, and that mindset says, I suffer from this thing, okay? Maybe it's not GAD for you. Maybe it's something else. I suffer from this, but I am not this thing. This thing is not my identity. I am not GAD. I am a strong, capable, valued man who suffers from GAD. Anything that you're going through, anything you're struggling with, any mental disorder, any mental illness, any pain, depression, whatever it may be, you are not that thing. That thing is not your identity. Okay, so I just want to throw that in there for you. Now, to kind of go back a little bit, GAD is basically what it sounds like. You have anxiety just kind of all the time. It's just kind of always this thing that's lurking inside of your body. Um, you don't know why. Um, and so the way that you kind of combat that is uh, you you have these different methods of getting through that moment and uh, find out how to wipe out that anxiety. So I first want to talk about a kind of general method to get through a moment of anxiety, especially an anxiety attack, and that is called grounding. Grounding is where you kind of stop and you take in your surroundings and you establish yourself as being safe, you establish your location, you establish who you are, and what that does is it kind of distracts you from uh, the the storm raging inside, but what it also does is it tells you that you're safe, it tells you that you're okay. And so what grounding looks like is, there's a few different methods. One is you wanna plant your feet firm to the ground, and it stabilizes you, and that sounds kinda of silly, I know, but really it is a mental thing. You wanna make sure that you're safe. The next thing that you can do is you can choose a color, okay? You can pick any color you want, or you can choose a color of your shirt, or you can even choose an object that you find Let's say it's the color orange. Maybe my water bottle next to me is orange. It's not, it's black, but for the sake of this, it's orange. You then want to look around you and try to find five, six, seven different objects that are also the color orange. And what this does, again, is that it kind of distracts you from the problem and it helps you center yourself it helps you gather your emotions, helps you gather your thoughts. You are then able to slow your heartbeat down and you ground yourself. If you're lucky to not be alone while you're having an anxiety attack, you can ask the person who's with you, hopefully they're a friend, to hug you, to create that physical connection of, of warmth and stability and again, safety. And thirdly, Breathing. Oftentimes when you have an anxiety attack, your breathing gets out of control 
and you get lightheaded. I've even have, I've seen people black out from having an anxiety attack because they're breathing so heavy that they're, you know, you took in too much oxygen too quickly and they, they passed out. So this is probably the hardest part. Um, I find that trying to control your breathing when you're having an anxiety attack is it hurts because your body is almost forcing you to just gulp down this air as quickly as possible and what you're trying to do back into your breathing is you're trying to resist that and that's really hard and it hurts and it even feels like you're not getting enough oxygen by trying to uh, resort back to a natural breathing uh, pattern but that's kind of the goal there is to come back to a normal uh, speed of breathing um, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth try to do it slowly take small breaths and hopefully over, uh, it can be a few seconds, it can be a few minutes, your, your breathing starts to normalize a little bit. And with your breathing normalizing, your heartbeat starts to normalize a little bit too. So those are just a few uh, grounding techniques to, to help you get through an anxiety attack. Um, those are definitely things that I had to utilize. I'm sitting there in classroom listening to a teacher talk and I feel like I'm about to die. Um, super helpful. They do sound small, but in the moment, like literally you're, you are in panic mode and you're looking for anything to help. So I hope that helps someone out there. Now, another technique that my therapist and I would talk about is uh, self-talk. Through weeks of talking and digging really, really deep into my heart and into my thoughts, uh, my counselor and I were able to uncover that I was having a lot of anxiety about the way that I thought about myself. And the way that I was thinking about myself back then was that I was not valuable. I wasn't special. I wasn't worthy of love. I wasn't um, you know, worth someone else making sacrifices for. I wasn't, I didn't have any sort of special thing about me. I wasn't valuable. And as difficult as that was to hear and kind of figure out about myself, it made it really helpful and made it really easy to then kind of tackle that problem. Um, you know, my anxiety was no longer unnamed worry. We now had a name for it and we could, we, we could fight it. So, the reason why it's called self-talk is obviously because you're telling yourself something. Something that I was telling myself, that I was giving myself anxiety, was that, Evan, you're not special. Evan, you're not worthy. Evan, you are not capable of anything. That's great. And what that would do inside of me was it would um, reinforce more negative thoughts about myself, more negativity. Um, I was literally rewiring the neurons in my brain to automatically by default have negative thoughts about myself and tell myself bad things about myself that weren't true and that was creating anxiety in me that stuck around and was there all the time and so to combat that you basically want to do the opposite positive self-talk now this is really hard because you're undoing something that has been happening to you for so long. The beginning of positive self-talk is so difficult because you're trying to rewire, again, those neurons in your brain 
who have all this time been telling yourself negative things about yourself. You're trying to rewire those. That's really hard and it feels extremely unnatural. It feels extremely hopeless. It feels like it's not gonna work. And in the moment, I promise you, it's the last thing that you wanna do. But I can also promise you that the more you do it, the easier it gets and that you will see results. So, positive self-talk, what does that look like? In a moment where you're thinking just terrible things about yourself, I'm ugly, I can't do this, I'm not worthy of that person's love, I'm not worthy, worthy of this promotion, I don't deserve this job, I'm not special, no one's going to love me, whatever it may be. Tell yourself, for every one negative thing that you say about yourself, you say three positive things. That's going to be a lot, especially if you're like me, where you're just firing them off one at a time. One negative thing after another for every single one of those. You got to say three positive things about yourself. And what that does is that forces you to say things about yourself that you believe to be a lie. What? Yeah, really hard to do. It sucks. But that's the whole point. You have trained yourself over time to believe that you are not worthy of anything good. That your identity does not contain anything positive. But it does. Alright, so let me give an example. Let's say, rewind one year ago, I accidentally uh, forget Alyssa in my one year dating anniversary. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't do that. But... What I tell myself is, oh my gosh, she is going to break up with me because I made this mistake. She is going to break up with me because I am not worth forgiveness. I am not worth her forgiving me. She is going to break up with me and find someone who is better than me, who isn't going to forget their one year anniversary. Now, this didn't actually happen. I did not forget her anniversary, but those thoughts were real. Those were like the exact same thoughts I was having almost every day about us. So, for every one of those, I'm going to think, no, I am worthy of forgiveness. I am loving enough to have someone love me back. I am generous enough for someone to want to stick it out with me. I am strong, I am capable, and I am worth going through struggles with because I am a great person to be in a relationship with. Now listen, people, that is not narcissism. That is called self-love. That is called self-value and self-appreciation. That is called having a positive look on your identity and knowing what your identity is. And I had to do that for months before I felt like I was finally out of the woods where I finally had silenced those lies that I was telling myself in my head all the time that I was beginning to believe, um, but it worked. And I promise you that if you are consistent with it and you keep at it and you persevere through the difficult times, it will work for you too. And eventually I overcame my anxiety and I do honestly believe that I do not struggle with GAD, generalized anxiety disorder anymore. Um, now, like anyone else, I can have spouts of anxiety. You know, anxiety can, can kind of come back a little bit, but it never stays because now I have the tools and the resources to kind of nip it in the butt. So that's kind of 
it as far as my story and my experience with anxiety goes. Uh, I know that my story and my uh, reasoning for having anxiety um, is just one of you know a billion different reasons why someone could be struggling with anxiety. These are different things that have helped me with my anxiety, and I know that they will help you too. Remember to ground yourself when you're feeling anxiety. Remember to tell yourself positive, good things about yourself. Do not be afraid to sign up for counseling. Therapy is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Make sure that you're surrounding yourself with great, great friends that you know that you can uh, vent to, you know, that are going to be honest with you and that you know you can have fun with. Uh, maybe even take up the gym or take up some sort of sport, something that allows you to, you know, let it all out, something that takes your mind off of it, somewhere where you can get out your energy, get out your anger. And if you're having trouble sleeping, please look into melatonin. It's completely natural. It's plant-based. And all it's going to do is it's going to help you sleep. It's going to help you kind of reset those chemicals that have become imbalanced in your head and your body. And it will help you kind of resume a uh, normal, healthy day-to-day -day life. So that's really all I've got for you guys today. Um, this is a very, very large topic. I did not think or even hope that I would really hit every nail on the head today. Um, this is a topic that we will revisit many times. Um, I know that Alyssa has a lot to say about this topic also with her own experiences, uh, her own techniques and insight and advice. Um, we definitely will be having some guests on the show too to talk over this topic. But I just wanted to kind of let you guys in on my own life and how it's been a struggle for me. And uh, my hope and my prayer is that uh, my testimony can be a light to your life and can help you break just the terrible, vicious cycle that anxiety can have on us. So as always, guys, we love you. Uh, if you have any questions or if you have any comments, please, please, please DM us at SincerelyTheArmstrongs on Instagram. I would honestly love to hear from you guys. This is a very common thing for people to be struggling with and so any way that uh, we can walk together through this is a huge plus mm -hmm.